Hello! It's another episode of Ranking Thrones. I am James Kelly. And I'm Evan Kamal. Every week, Evan and I meet to discuss the kings and queen who sat on the Iron Throne. We've gone from... We've gone all the way from Aegon the Conqueror, and now we're at the fifth and final Aegon in this week week's first part of Aegon the Fifth. Mm. And we are down, Evan. I'm sad to say, down to our last five kings. Aww. Luckily, though, in terms of just like what I planned via notes, we got about nine episodes to go. Not bad. Because four out of the five last kings that'll sit on the Iron Throne, each have a two-parter devoted to them. Hmm. So we got that at least to look forward to. And uh, the, the the fans that we do have, um, we are planning afterwards to do a little little roundup and debating for how the kings performed in each of these categories that we gave, along with the, the best of the dragons. So the show is nowhere near over just yet. But... On to the main event. We are covering Aegon V. And at long last, we have a big character in, in one of the books, at least the spinoff series, and I've been so looking forward to talking about Aegon V. <laughs> so, but first and foremost, um, I come in as a book fan, and uh, Evan comes in as a TV show only fan, and uh, kind of test his knowledge, and see how much the show gives for the back lore of Game of, of uh, Westeros. Evan, what can you tell me about Aegon V? Not much that I can remember. Okay, perfect. Next uh, is, uh, as I always ask, is, is he mentioned in Game of Thrones? Yes, he is mentioned twice by Aemon Targaryen, his brother. <laughs> Once, when Aemon speaks to Jon Snow about his family... And on Eamon's deathbed. Hmm. Does he have a nickname? Oh, yes, he does. He was known as King, as Aegon the Unlikely. Hmm. And in a sort of riff or reversal of his pre predecessor and ancestor, Aegon the Unlucky, he was known as Aegon the Fortunate. Hmm. He, but... He's most known by the fans and many people, or, or fans, is Egg. And he would also be dubbed by some people the prince who was an egg. So, about the sources. The Tales of Duncan Egg series, in which Egg is the co-star of the books, are the main sources for this first part that we're going to cover. There is a, a lot of discussion of, of Egg throughout A Song of Ice and Fire, and, the, and primarily, though, for his reign, we have to rely on the world of Ice and Fire. But here's a little fun note also, Evan, just about, about all we know about Egg as king, is that because George R. R. Martin had not finished the tales, has not finished the tales of Duncan Egg, he was very re reluctant to write more details about the reign of Aegon V. He was convinced by his editors that he needed to detail some things for the audiences, but Martin was able to sneakily avoid revealing the final fate of Aegon V, huh. which he started teasing in, his, in the last book in the main series he's published. 
um, A Dance with Dragons, which you'll get in, we'll get into in a little bit. Hmm. So, now, but to the main event. Right. The Life of Prince Egg. Aegon was the youngest son of Prince Makar. Makar was the youngest son of King Darren II. So young Prince Aegon was incredibly down the line of succession when he was born. Just like his father, Aegon was the fourth son. Hmm. Aegon got nicknamed Egg by his brother Aemon, who was his, the third brother. Aemon was later sent to Old Town to become a maester. Aemon and Egg were very close, so much so that on his deathbed, as dementia began to set in Aemon, Aemon kept confusing Samuel Tarly for Egg. Mm. His last words were, Egg, I dreamed I was old. Aww. Heartbreaking. Powerful writing. Mm. Egg's other two older brothers were Darren, the oldest, the eldest, and Arian, the second oldest. Darren was a drunk, while Arian loved to torment Egg. He killed Egg's cat, and once threatened to chop off Egg's balls so that Egg would be Arian's sister to marry. Jesus. Egg was popular with his sisters, as his sister Ray jealously slipped a love potion into Egg's drink so that he would marry her instead of his other sister, Dela. But Egg did not drink the potion, and did not want to marry anyone at the time. Instead, he shared the dream of Bran Stark and wanted to be a member of the Kingsguard. Hmm. Egg was supposed to become Darren's squire, and the two were supposed to go to a tournament at Ashford. Darren, however, had the Targaryen gift of foresight and saw a dying dragon and a giant knight. So Darren did not want to go. Huh. Darren's gift of foresight seems to have broken the man and led him to become a drunk. Darren did not have the Targaryen civil hair, instead possessing ordinary brown hair inherited from his Dornish mother, so he blended in well with the people. Darren had Egg shave his head so they wouldn't be noticed. The Targaryen blonde hair was very distinct, along with their purple eye, but their purple eyes were not so obvious without the hair to go with it. Egg was playing in a river when he met a giant young man with three horses. The giant man said he was a knight and he looked at Egg. He saw a naked little bald boy who put on some typical clothes. The knight assumed that Egg was a, the stable boy and ordered Egg to tie up his horse. Egg was shocked to be spoken to so bluntly and questioned if this tall man was really a knight as he used a rope belt for his sword. The tall man threw Egg a penny and Egg did as w was requested. Hmm. When the tall man returned, he was shocked to find Egg wearing armor the tall man had with him and was riding his horse in the stables. The tall man was annoyed and told him to get off. Egg was beginning to like this man and begged him to be his squire. The tall man flatly said no. Privately, the tall man did not want Egg as his squire because he was a hedge knight, a knight who serves no lord and roams around across the realm looking for work and helping others whenever he can. It's an incredibly hard life, and the hedge knight could barely make a living on his own. It's basically, your rough equivalent of your mercenaries and entrepreneurs and salesmen. Traveling salesmen. Yes. But, like but there are mercenaries sell swords, and like there is a difference. Yes. Although, not much in the eyes of most lords. 
as like there there's so many so many cell swords claim to be hedge knights mm-hmm. and they and they turn out to be just robber knights or cell swords that hedge knights are pretty much the lowest of the low right in the in terms of knightly order so it's an incredibly difficult life and even if egg was a peasant the hedge knight thought mm, this life is not for you kid yeah. And he didn't know who Egg was. Egg, however, followed the hedge knight and did not tell Darren where he was going. Egg found the hedge knight's horses and started a fire, caught some fish, and tended to his horses. Nice. The hedge knight returned to find his camp in good condition with Egg. The hedge knight agreed to make Egg his squire. He revealed that his name was Dunk. Egg asked it was short for Duncan. Dunk had been an orphan for all his life, he remembered, and shrugged that it might be. Mm. Egg helped Dunk come up with a a formal name, a knight's name, as he dubbed himself Sir Duncan the Tall. Oh, yes. When Dunk questioned about Egg's parents, Egg carefully avoided directly answering them. He simply said that he was from King's Landing and that his mother was dead. Dunk and Egg went to the tournament at Ashford and saw a puppet show. The puppet master was almost as tall as Dunk, and Dunk liked her. Dunk asked the puppet master to paint a new shield for him, and Egg suggested that his sigil be a tree with a shooting star above it, matching how the two met. Hmm. Or at least the campsite, where they where they formally became knight and squire. Mm-hmm. Dunk and Egg watched the tournament, and Egg knew the knights. Egg sat on Dunk's shoulders. He also saw Arian joust. Arian lowered his lance to intentionally kill his opponent's horse. Egg screamed for his opponent to kill Arian. Dunk and Egg were invited to a drink by Raymond Fossaway. Egg, not wanting to get noticed, declined. While he was away, he saw Arian beating Tanzel, the puppeteer, because she depicted a dragon dying. Egg ran to Dunk for help. Dunk rushed over and immediately punched and beat up Arian before guards arrived to defend Arian. Before Arian could order them to kill Dunk, Egg stepped in and ordered them to spare Dunk. It was then that Egg revealed to Dunk that he was Prince Aegon. Nice. That's the the big twist in the first short novella, The Hedge Knight. As up to that point, you don't you you think that Egg is just a the, an orphan stable boy for an inn. Aww. And that's when he realized, oh, oh, he's a prince. Yes. <laughs> More importantly, you are now friends with the prince. Yes. Egg got dressed up and was ordered to apologize to Dunk for lying to him. Dunk asked if Egg was mocking him the whole time. Egg cried and swore that he really wanted to be Dunk's squire. Dunk smiled and forgave him. In his thoughts, he said that he understood what it was like to tell a monstrous lie to be so close to something that you desperately wanted. Although this is never outright stated, Dunk was not really a knight. At least, not at first. But as we follow his story, does being knighted matter so much as how you live and behave as a knight? Yes and no. Egg said encouragingly that they were still both from King's Landing, and Dunk replied, 
Egg was from atop Aegon's high hill, and he from Flea Bottom. In what would come to define Egg as a human being, he simply replied, That's not so far, sir. Mm-hmm. Egg also insisted that while in major events, Doug would, Dunk would have to address him as Your Grace. In private, Dunk would call him Egg. Egg's uncle Baylor criticized Egg for not calling him to break up the fight. Egg said that his uncle was too far away. Dunk was being accused of assaulting Prince Arion, which was a crime, and that he kidnapped Egg from Daron. Yeah. No. Dunk selected to go for a trial by combat. Arion, mm-hmm. however, demanded a trial by seven. Egg resumed being Dunk's squire to Makar's annoyance and disapproval. Egg tried to f- help find knights to fight for Dunk. We have gone over the trial, but to say it again, Prince Baylor Breakspear fought for Dunk and died. The vision of Prince Daron was right, but it was not him that was the dragon. It was Prince Baylor Breakspear. After the tournament, Egg begged Makar to let him serve as Dunk's squire. Makar agreed after a heated discussion with Sir Duncan, and Egg became the squire of a hedge knight. He was a prince, but he would spend years eating dried meat, sleeping out in the open, and spending his time with peasants. Junk chose this hard lifestyle as best for Egg, even though he had long sought what Makar had offered, to be a knight for a lord. And a prince at that. He turned that down, all to make sure that Egg would be a good prince and a good man. Mm-hmm. Egg had to shave his head all the time as Dunk's squire so he wouldn't be recognized. He would also secretly carry his father's signet ring in case of emergencies. Nice. Dunk and Egg went to Dorne, hoping to find Tanzel. They didn't find her, though. During that time, the Great Spring sickness happened, but Dorne was not affected by the plague, and they survived. Cool. Dunk and Egg soon served a landed knight named Sir Eustace Osgray, once a great house in the time before Aegon's conquest, the Osgreys had been since greatly diminished. The two ended up in the middle of a quarrel when Sir Eustace and the Lady Rohan Weber, known as the Red Widow. Hmm. Dunk resolved the dispute by scarring himself and with a trial by combat. This was Egg's first major exposure to someone who was, had a vastly different opinion than his father's as Eustace Osgray fought for Daemon Blackfire in the Blackfire Rebellion. Also, during this time, Egg supported his father's hatred of bastards and jealousy of Bloodraven becoming Hand of the King. Dunk gently pointed out that Egg was probably the squire of a bastard, which shocked Egg. (laughs) Egg had a lot of blue blood that Dunk had to gently get out of him as he lived the moral life of a commoner. To be expected to a certain extent. Yep. Absolutely. Absolutely. Duncan Egg then journeyed to a wedding and a tournament in Whitehall Whitewall between Butterwell between a Butterwell and a Frey. They met a hedge knight claim, named Sir John the Fiddler, who was riding with lords. John begged Dunk to join them. Hmm. Dunk thought it was inappropriate because he was a, a mere hedge knight and the, those were lords, great men. Egg noticed that the tournament was full of men who fought for the Blackfire Rebellion. He would also get into a fight defending his father when some called him a kinslayer. 
He greatly loved his father and greatly honored him. Mm-hmm. Dunk lost the joust and was obligated to surrender his horse, his armor, and his sword. With no money to ransom his possessions, Dunk sadly said that Egg's time as Dunk's squire was over. Egg was crushed and refused to serve another knight and begged Dunk to let him use his boot and to ask for money from his father. Aww. Dunk was too proud to ask him to do it, but Egg went to the maester of White Walls to send a raven to his father. The maester, upon sight of the ring of Prince Makar, brought Egg directly to Lord Butterwell. Egg had no idea what was going on, but he remembered a saying from Blood Raven that it was better to be frightening than frightened. Egg suddenly became princely and angrily threatened Lord Butterwell that they had been sent as spies by by Prince Makar, that they knew what they were up to and that his father was leading an army right now. His threats worked as Lord Butterwell held Egg in the sept, praying what to do as the plot had been discovered. Lord Frey, upon hearing Egg's lies, abandoned Lord Butterwell. He would. Dunk came to the sept for Egg, and almost right with Dunk came the Blackfire rebels who wanted Makar's favorite son. Lord Butterwell unconvincingly pleaded that he was manipulated into supporting Sir John the Fiddler, who was really Damon II. Dunk and Egg did not believe it. Dunk sent Egg off with Lord Butterwell, telling him to leave Lord Butterwell before he realized that Egg's threats were hollow, and to go to a loyal lord who would take him to, to his father. Dunk stayed behind for the sake of another hedge knight. Egg and Lord Butterwell rendezvoused with an army led by Blood Raven. Damon tried to rally men to fight for him, but they surrendered and gave Damon over to king, the king's hand. Egg charmed Lord Bloodraven with his sharp tongue and the presumption to give orders to the hand of the king. Bloodraven playfully suggested that Dunk discipline Egg more, before declaring that Egg had become a dragon for his bravery when surrounded by traitors. As a side note to explain the plot, even though we've covered it in the Ares the Second episode, or not Ares the Second, Ares the First, getting ahead of myself. Uh, Damon II was Damon I's third son. He, like many of the Targaryens, had the gift of foresight, just like Darren Targaryen, Egg's brother. Bittersteel doubted Damon's potential as he was more interested in music than battle and was very probably gay and infatuated with Dunk. But Damon had a dream that, that in White Walls he would meet a tall knight that wore the cloak of the Kingsguard and that a dragon would hatch. Seeing Dunk confirmed the prophecy as he was the knight in Damon's vision, and he believed that if he won the egg, the dragon would hatch. Mm. Instead, the prophecy probably referred to Egg showing leadership in getting Lord Butterwell to surrender with only threats from Egg. The dragon is metaphorical very often in visions. Visions are not reliable. No. There's a million ways you could... You could interpret them, and most of them are going to be wrong. Yep. Duncan Egg went north to Winterfell, but we don't know what happened there. Though at one point in the future, Bran saw a man in the past as tall as Hodor kissing a woman. So, Dunk? (laughs) Afterwards, they continued to have more adventures, where Dunk ended up fathering a child that would soon become an ancestor. Or, oh no, not, not, not that would soon become. That was an ancestor to Brienne of Tarth. 
Yes. So, she's got hero's blood in her. Mm-hmm. And, uh, okay, I'll just say it right now. This is a fan theory by some people. But just like that, um, just like uh, Brienne's parentage or mm-hmm. ancestry, some people think that Dunk might be either the father or grandfather to Hodor. Hmm. It's a theory. It's a fan theory. We'll have to see if Martin will confirm it or not. We want... We're just waiting, George. We're not forcing you. Right at your own pace. Right at your own pace. Just before you kick the bucket. Oh, no, 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 no. No, talk like that. (laughs) He can write whatever he wants to write. If it's Fire and Blood Volume 2, I will be completely happy with Fire and Blood Volume 2. If it's another Dunkin' Egg, I'm happy with that. If it's Winds of Winter, I'm happy with that. I just want more of anything in this world that you have created, George R. R. Martin. Right. At least for me. Other fans will disagree with me. Fair. He is not our bitch. No. He's just made us his. <laughs> yep. <laughs> So, Egg soon matured into a leader. He and Dunk fought bravely in the third Blackfire Rebellion. Egg distinguished himself there as a warrior and a leader. Egg fell in love and married Betha Blackwood. Because he was still not expected to rule, it was not a major issue that Egg had married for love. Yet. Yet. Always a yet. Egg and Betha had five children, three three boys and two girls. His first son was named Duncan. He would be nicknamed, this boy would be nicknamed Duncan the Small. Yep. During this time, Dunk would become a knight of the Kingsguard. He would eventually become commander of the Kingsguard. Mm -hmm. Egg saw his father, Makar, unexpectedly, unexpectedly rise to be king after Ares I's passing. Egg helped his father on the peak uprising, where Makar sadly died from a rock thrown to his head. This probably very likely devastated Egg. Yes. Who greatly adored Makar. Mm-hmm. He was his father, after all. Oh, yeah. After Makar died... What? As the fourth son, he's generally not, a, generally not a threat to the... Not a threat to power. Well... I know, I know. So, after Makar died, there was no clear agreement on who should be king. So a great council was held. Prince Darren had died, but he was survived by an infant daughter. But everyone knew what Darren was like, and they felt the girl was showing signs of being like her father. Uh Arian thought he was a dragon and drank wildfire, killing himself. Oh, God. Before he died, he and his wife had a son that... That Arion named Magor. Uh-oh. Pretty much everyone agreed that if Magor was anything like his father, it would be awful for the realm. Yeah. And what kind of a guy is like, you actually named your son Magor. Yes. After Magor the Cruel. Which, ironically, we dubbed a dragon. But despite being in, despite being a martially tyrannical sociopath, 
Not, uh, just, well, yeah, like, well, Dragon, because he was obviously influential, but he was a terrible, awful tyrant. Oh, yeah, he was a, t- like I said, he was a martial tyrannical sociopath. Yeah. <sighs> but Arion thought he was, he was a dragon. He was wonderful. Arion is a real, real jerk. Yeah. And, yeah, he was... Drink wildfire. Yes, he was one of the mad Targaryens. Yes. Now, actually, as a slight deviation, I'd like to point out that it's like, if people are wondering, it's like, well, why are these people so crazy? It's like, well, that's what incest does to you. And a lot of European monarchs and princes and dukes were actually very much related to each other. They were cousins, and pretty much everyone, everyone royal blood in Europe actually was kind of related to each other. And the birth, yeah. and the birth defects of some of these, some of these figures were terrible. Well, I've seen the movie The Favorite, the heart, the terrible scene that explains uh, Queen Anne's rabbits mm-hmm. is like, they're all for her, for her children, all 18 of them, and all of them died. Yes. And that is actually, sadly, true to history. Oh, yeah. Poor Queen Anne, like, did try to have kids, and so- only two, like, survived to be two and three, I think. Yeah. But, that's, like, the, but that's the problem with the incest, is that the genetic... Yeah. The genetic backlash is not worth it. Yeah. Yes. It, Another slight example, King George uh, III, the Mad King George. Yeah. Thought to be exactly that. And uh, supposedly his urine was purple. Oh my, ooh. Yeah. Yes. Yes, he was um, a wreck, to say the least. Okay. Yes. But back to the subject. My point being being is that all this madness, all this crazy behavior... Yeah, that's that's incest for you. Yep. When the genetic bottleneck becomes so bad that you get birth defects, your brains don't your brain doesn't doesn't develop properly, your bones, your organs can't function well. It's not worth it. Nope. It is not. And uh, that will actually come up in our next part. Evan? Yeah. That will come up? That's going to be something that's discussed. So, Egg was the most logical choice to be king, but lords were suspicious of Egg for his past as a squire of a hedge knight. They dubbed that Egg was half-peasant. Oh, God. Several lords suggested that his older brother, Aemon, renounce his duties as a a maester to be king instead. Aemon refused. Aemon said he was born to serve, not to rule. Eamon would later say that it was the second of three times his oaths would be tested. <laughs> Although, later on in the books, he did get a fourth test. Yeah. During this time, Bloodraven said that, that the Blackfires were welcome to come. So, Amy's Blackfire came to present his case. Perhaps a Blackfire would succeed with words when the sword had failed. Blood Raven immediately executed Aenys and held his head before the council to warn anyone who had Blackfire sympathies. Yeah, that didn't end well. No, you... Yeah. That did not end well. And it will have consequences. 
It will oh, have consequences. Mm-hmm. The council decided that Egg would be king. As the poetic phrase later went, Egg was the fourth son of a fourth son, and yet he became king. Oh, Someone did the math, and Egg was 13th in the line of succession. Jesus. But he became king. Jesus. And with that, we will end part one of our discussion on Aegon the Unlikely. Kind of get what, the meaning of his nickname now? Yes. It's just like the most like unlikely of rises for a king. Thirteenth in line is not right. You're not some that shows two things. One, how desperate they are, and two, just their candidates were not were not good. And also how yeah. unstable realm is. Well, I mean, we we talked with Makar, it was stable. It's just like they want to make sure it remains stable. They want to choose a good king. Well, they want to keep and also something I'd like to discuss right now is, is kind of these nobles. These nobles are interested in keeping their own power. Oh, that's going to come up, Evan. That's going to come up next episode. It usually does. Um, like, one of the reasons why, though, like, um, to get a little bit into it, mm-hmm. is, like, one of the reasons why they stopped the theoretical heirs' appearance were, were that they were, they were also children, and right. they all remembered Aegon the the Third's troubled regency period, yeah. and they didn't want to repeat that. Wise. So they wanted an adult, and that left them only really with with Aegon and Aemon as a choice. And they really did press Aemon to renounce his out oaths because they were so nervous of this half peasant egg. <sighs> so. It'll happen. That's how it works. It's an incredible, unlikely story, and where do you think it's going to go from here? Probably even more unlikely. All right. Well, st- tune in next time, week people, to find out the concluding story of Aegon the Fifth. See you then.